Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. The co-founder of home brand Serena and Lily has a new retail baby, Boon Supply. It's a philanthropic-focused shopping site, and it lets customers put their money where their heart is. Boon Supply lets you shop for home essentials and donate 50% of the cost to the cause of your choice. And I am joined now by Lily Cantor herself. Thanks so much for being part of the podcast. Thank you for having me. So first off, I think it's a it's a great idea what you're doing with Boone Supply. Where did you come up with this idea? The idea originated from someone bringing me a school fundraising company to buy. And I took a look at the business, and they were giving away $12.5 million across the United States to 7,000 schools, teams, and cheer groups. And I got very excited about the idea of this and how it could be expanded to nonprofits in any cause. So tell me exactly how it works. If I go on your site, I see something that I want to buy. I mean, it sounds like almost too good to be true because I get something I want, yet I'm also able to help somebody or something else. So how does it work? So it works in the sense that you can come online. We have 200 items that you can buy and then select the cause of your choice. Today, there's about 500 causes. They range from anything to do with animals to refugees. Um, And, you know, if we were selling wholesale we would be actually giving away 50% to that retailer. So the causes are our retailer. Talk to me about the causes. It sounds like you have a... a large array that sort of runs the gamut. Do you vet these causes in any way? We keep an eye on everything to make sure that it is not inappropriate for mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. But really, these are these could be medical bills. This could be somebody falling on hard times. And, you know, we're pretty agnostic as it relates to that. So it could be like a GoFundMe page. It is honestly like a GoFundMe page, and you're getting something in return. So let's say, for instance, I have a cause. I... I go to your website. How do I get my cause on your website? In four easy steps, you can launch a fundraiser. It takes about three minutes. Okay, walk me through that. So you're going to come online. You're going to set a goal. You're going to name your fundraiser. And then you're going to give us a little bit of a brief description. You can put a photo or a video. You can um, snag a video from your phone or from YouTube. And you can then launch your fundraiser. After you've launched your fundraiser, you can share it with your friends through Facebook, through Twitter, through email. Email link. So, and then how do I, as the person who has launched this fundraiser, get to choose proceeds from which product go toward my cause? All of the products. Your cust- your um, network can select any one of our 200 items to buy. When they put the item in their cart, it's going to actually say your name. If they came in on your link, the cart will say, this $25 item is giving $12.50 to this specific cause. So, oh, fabulous. Okay, so that sounds easy enough. Now, let's say I'm not, I'm not um, associated with any cause. I just want to go shop and get some nice products. So I come across boonsupply.com, and I say, oh, I love this Tupperware-looking item or this bowl. Um, do I then go in and choose a, a charity you of can, my choice? You can absolutely shop for a fundraiser, or we actually default to a spotlighted fundraiser that we're switching out. So we're actually highlighting fundraisers. We'll be highlighting the Malala Fund for um, mm-hmm. the month of July. And so we will be doing a lot of spotlights and defaulting if you don't have a cause in mind when you came to the site. You can also override that um, and put in the cause of your choice. Okay. And, of course, folks would not be getting a tax deduction for this because they're getting something in return. Correct. 
Correct. Okay. That's exactly right. Talk to me about the products. You say there are 200 products on the site. Uh, I saw some, and a lot of them are home, sort of kitchen-related. Where do you uh, find these products and the companies that supply them? So when we bought the school fundraising company, they already had 200 items. And so what we did was really studied what was working and leaned into what was working. We're really focused on uncommonly good kitchen and cooking gadgets, as well as 100 items of everyday bags and accessories, um, a lot of reusable grocery bags since the whole country is starting to move towards that, a lot of hands-free cell phone holders, functional items that you need every single day that make your life just a little bit easier. And they're fun. They're actually really uh, happy items just because yeah. the colors are just so so yes. happy and bright. Um, so talk to me about how Boone Supply makes money because you are a for-profit company. We are for-profit. And um, we really go after products that can absorb the type of margin that we need in order to support the 50% give back. But as I said before, if we were selling, we are designing and developing this product, if we were selling it to a retailer, we would be giving up 50, sometimes 60% with some retailers. So really, it doesn't enable a tremendous amount of marketing spend, but we're really, in in essence, a wholesale model. Who are some of the uh, non non-for-profits that you are working with? Who are some of your partners? Um, right now, we are partnering with Every Mother Counts, um, which is all about maternal health care worldwide. We are partnered with the Go Campaign, um, which operates throughout the world. We're partnered with the Malala Fund, which we will be launching in July. Um, we have a number of nonprofit partners that are in the queue for the remainder of the year. Now, this launched a little over a month ago. Yes, uh, Boone Supply. And how how is business so far? And how many it's customers really do you have? really exciting. I would suggest that we have a fundraiser that has launched in all fifty states, hmm. in every nook and cranny, in towns and cities you've never heard of, and they all the fundraisers are running the gamut from um, refugees to animal shelters to team sports. Um, I mean, it's amazing, the creativity. And some people have really figured out how to unlock their networks mm. to get support on their fundraisers. So um, if you look at our homepage right now, you'll see the meters of each one of the fundraisers that actually show what percent they are to their goal. How did you get the word out to folks? Um, so we did a lot of um, PR and we got a lot of coverage from magazines and um, it really started to tip the brand. Did you always know that you wanted to do something that had a, a philanthropic spin to it? Yeah, I honestly found my ability to do my passion, which was philanthropic work um, and leveraging my background in building a brand and building a product-based company. And I am so excited that you can actually use capitalism as a force for good. Um, so I've been thinking about this for over a decade of how to democratize a cause marketing product company. And when I came across the school fundraising company and actually dug into their books, I have, a, I have an accounting background, um, <laughs> I dug into their books and I was like, oh my gosh, their margins are amazing. So um, it, you can't do every single product. We couldn't design and develop every single product because we want to be competitive. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be just double whatever all the other retailers are. 
You, you talked about building a brand. So you, you're a co-founder of Serena and Lily, the Lily in Serena and Lily. Yeah. Tell us about sort of how that company was born and, and then what you learned from that experience. Oh, my gosh. Do we have all day? Do we have all week? Um, so I, um, interestingly enough, I spent 17 years in business and technology. I started my career as a CPA, and then I worked at Microsoft from 95 to 2000. I got pregnant with my first baby, and I decided, and I was traveling like four days a week. Mm. And I just, I was done. And I, I honestly just was finished with corporate America. And I had a baby. I went and opened a baby in children's high-end home decor store. I put the baby in a stroller. I walked the little baby downtown. I put him <laughs> in a crib and I helped customers. And Serena walked in my door and she was a designer and a decorative painter. And I fell in love with her portfolio. I was literally at the hospital giving birth to baby number two, and she dropped it off. And I came back, and I'm like, oh, my God. That's the height of multitasking, by the way. Yes. Baby was 24 hours old. I called up Serena. I'm like, oh, my God, I love your portfolio. When are we meeting? And she's like, didn't you have a baby yesterday? And I'm like, yeah, but when are we meeting? So we met, and we just had uh, amazing chemistry the first time we met each other. And I said, listen, the world needs better baby bedding. So let's get on this, chop, chop. And um, we literally launched 15 collections one year after we met. And we were selling in 600 stores that looked just like my Mill Valley Baby and Kids company. <laughs> and there, there was a void in the business for baby bedding, for high-end baby. Yeah, because I had a store and I saw the void. I couldn't find anything I was looking for. And so, and I had two babies under two at this point, and I was like, there's a void. So we started the business in crib bedding, and then we just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And we built, a, you know, a lifestyle brand around this aesthetic. Um, a, a 12 years of a tremendous amount of work, but a lot of fun. Where do you, you make it sound yeah. easy. I, yeah, yeah. I know that it wasn't, and we probably could talk for a week about yeah. how, how it all started. But, you know, a lot of people have a lot of great ideas. It's one thing to have a great idea. It's quite another to implement it. Yeah. And, and I'm just curious where you were even able to find the seed money mm. to start this company. So fortunately, I was able to seed. Um, fund the company to a certain extent. And after um, we were able to really get some traction with revenue, I mean, of course, we're not taking salaries for a couple years. And and I was seeding the company. And then we went out and did a friends and family round because we already had traction. I would say at that point, we were about one and a half million in revenue. We wow. had traction. Mm-hmm. We had People Magazine. Uh, we were We did Jen Garner's Nursery. We were the nursery designers to the stars. And that really kind of catapulted the brand. And by 2007, we did a friends and family round. And then we expanded the line to kids and queen, you know, all the way up to queen bedding. And by 2008, we actually brought in, um, you know, uh, venture. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so at that point, we really grew the brand. Um, through the 2008-2009 crisis, we were doubling our company. You know, it was um, unbelievable. One yeah. of the very few who was able to do that. Yeah, I mean, we were obviously operating from a smaller base, mm-hmm. but we we grew the company over five million. Um, we went from five to ten in, in that year. So it, it was an exciting time, and um, you know, we just kept building it out and said. We got into adult bedding in 2009, 2010. We launched into direct-to-consumer, and then we finally opened our first bricks-and-mortar store in the Hamptons uh, around 2013. What do you think about—we're uh, seeing that more and more with companies that were pure online plays, 
are having some sort of a brick-and-mortar presence, even if it may be a pop-up store. Do you feel like that is necessary once an online retailer gets to a certain level? I think it's highly dependent on the product. I mean, for Serena and Lily, we sell very um, premium furniture and bedding. You're making a $7,000 commitment on a sectional sofa not something you necessarily want to pull the trigger on online without actually sitting in it, having it arrive in your living room. So I think for our brand, specifically for home furniture, um, I bricks and mortar is absolutely essential. We're seeing tremendous success with bricks and mortar because of the category of product. There's certain products that are just going to do better online, like rugs, where you can actually see every sample, you know, in its um, lifestyle image. So there's obviously, it's so category dependent. Mm-hmm. I think apparel, people do want to try it on. And I think it's just kind of a pain to always have to return things. So I think it's really category dependent. So you don't think that online is the death of brick and mortar? I don't. I think we've been the most, when I was at Deloitte and Touche back in the early 90s, my shtick was all about how we were the most over-retailed country on the planet. (laughs) And this is the early 90s, where our square footage had outpaced the entire population, but retail had grown, outpaced the population. And then we introduced online Mm -hmm. in 98-ish. And it was like, Oh, my God. Now, so what you've got now is too much supply for too few a demand. Some retailers are doing fantastic. Um, Serena and Lily's doing great with their retail strategy. I think companies that are creating experience with their brands, um, I think people are, I got to believe there's a backlash for how much, you know, we want to buy on Amazon or how much we're going to just buy on e-commerce. People want experience. They want inspiration. Um, They enjoy, I think there's a lot of people that enjoy shopping. You know, there and so many retailers are struggling with that because I see in my own neighborhood so many empty storefronts. And I think that's a symptom of of a few things, including rents are too high and out of reach for a lot of these stores. Especially specialty stores, you know, the mom and pops. The mom and pops. Yeah, that's tough. It's in 2008 and 2009, crushed that entire segment. Um, of of the industry. And, and Serena and Lily had 800 doors selling our baby and kids bedding in 2008, 2009. And I would suggest that 50% of them went out of business mm. that those two years. And at the same time, we were launching our direct-to-consumer e-com business, um, which, you know, it's a good thing that we, you know, did the pivots yes. um, because our channel kind of dried up. And so I think it's hard. I think people who independent specialty stores, at least in Mill Valley, California, where I live, um, the ones that are doing it really well are doing great. Um, that and have how an, do you do an, it really well? <laughs> you have an incredibly great merchant eye. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's all about the product, and it's all about uncommonly good product. And, you know, um, a good merchant with just a fantastic eye they do great. Mm-hmm. They really do well. Um, and so, yeah, I would say retail space where I'm living right now is less expensive than office space and home, you know, <laughs> and apartments. It's amazing how that segment 
has really come down. It used to be the flip. Right. It used to be retail space was the most expensive real estate. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's like you can, can't find an office. Wow. So. Interesting. But I guess landlords also realized we need to make money at some point. So we have yeah. to start lowering, making this more affordable for yes. retailers to come in. Absolutely. So, I mean, you've had a very interesting um, career path, uh, a very successful entrepreneur. What, what do you see next? You're doing Boone Supply now, but... What what's next for you? Um, this this is my legacy project. I'm going to work on this till I'm finished working. I, I have found my true passion of blending my world of giving back. Um, we we have a very strong goal to be giving away over a hundred million dollars a year. Mm. Um, we'd like to see this be a billion dollar uh, consumer brand. And so this is my legacy. I've got a sixth grader. I've got six more years with my kids in school, you know, in my house. Mm-hmm. And um, I plan to really make Boone Supply my, my focus right now. Well, Lily Cantor, it was a yeah. pleasure. And uh, I learned a lot about your background and also about being a successful entrepreneur. So continued success to you. And, and thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode.